0: Everybody and welcome to the Spore the Warning Podcast. This is our continued Tribeca coverage with our review of Duck Butter. I'm Christopher Shanazi.
1: And I'm Stephen Miller.
0: And if you're joining us for the first time, the Spore the Warning Podcast is a weekly film review program. Each week in the show, we're going to dive in, debate, discuss, and argue over the latest film releases coming to a theater near you. This week, we're trying to finish our Tribeca coverage, get the last of those reviews out so we can return to those weekly episodes. This is our review of Duck Butter. Duck Butter is a film, let's be honest. When we read the description, we were like, what the fuck is this movie? It just sounds like something that people would be talking about. It wasn't that the premise made us want to see it. It was more we assumed we would hear things about Duck Butter. And if we missed the chance to watch this film, we would be kicking ourselves because...
1: I'm going to go a step further. I wanted to see it.
0: <laughs> All right, cool. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I, I just, I, it, for me, it wasn't seriously in contention. And then it was like, no, I just don't. I don't want to have not seen it. Um, I thought that all it took was me to know I was gay, and then I'd be gay. But I didn't. are you gay? Yeah. Yeah.
1: Okay, let's pause for a second, yeah, guys. We're just gonna, we're gonna pause real just real come
0: quick. In. sorry, I was a little intense in there. No, it's yeah. hard to get everyone on the same page, especially when it feels like a little forced.
1: Mm-hmm. A My first song, I'm gonna sing it to you. Hi,
0: I'm I'm Naima. You know, these kind of couples that they spend like 10 years together and then they get married, they divorce in one year. (laughs) Just go and have
1: fun with the things you have right there. Yeah, like this. This whole night, we should do this for like 24 hours straight. What are you doing? I want to know
0: you, for real. We can skip time. (laughs) It's like dating 10 years. Yeah. (laughs) I want to see you getting angry.
1: You are so beautiful. Shout it to the moon. (laughs)
0: yes to anything in so long, it's like she lives in a way that she doesn't question anything about herself. You okay? Yeah. <laughs> I've never actually gone close enough to somebody to love them. You know, you should try not to go for the easy thing. You can't play it safe in love you have to just go in and tell them. Essentially two young women meet at a club they have a night where they hook up and uh they think to themselves you know what what if we just continued this continued this night and for the next 24 hours we had sex every hour on the hour and just made a go at this little thing um and that's essentially the premise of this film you can you could tell why we were kind of like didn't take this film seriously necessarily, but it was just like one of those things. This is a weird enough premise that people are probably going to talk about this film and it was maybe worth saying Um, or exciting proposition to see. (laughs) Uh, But Stephen Miller did your excitement over what this film could be pan out.
1: I don't know how to adequately summarize what I feel. I think there is a lot about this movie that I should hate, but I really, really liked watching it anyway. <laughs> um, the best summary I can think of for this movie is, this is Mumblecore Linkletter. This is like, take your favorite Richard Linkletter movie, you know, uh, the Before Sunrise. Uh, yeah, but Before Sunrise in particular. A movie taking place largely in real time, like over the course of just a single night single day as two characters fall in love and get to know each other
0: the film isn't 24 hours long so it's not really real time
1: yeah yeah all all i'm saying is it's a very um slow conversation based movie but then funnel that through the kind of joe swanbergy it's weird that i'm saying joe swanberg rather than duplass brothers since the latter are the ones that are actually featured in the movie but (laughs) the kind of joe swanbergy obsession with depicting sex in a very frank, you know, blasé way, uh, that, that mumblecore aesthetic of, like, people being open and discussing everything and having kind of no-holds-barred conversations. Yeah, And this is kind of what you get. It's a movie that... It isn't not trying to be clever. Like, there are a few moments in this movie where they crank the dial up a little bit, they heighten things, a thing gets proposed to be an orgy when there's no reason to have that be proposed, right? There are certain conversations that feel a little forced, but on a whole, this is a really interesting experiment, I think. And the experiment is basically, can we collapse the whole course of a relationship, like the highs and lows of it, into one extended day of the two characters just having sex and having conversations? And that means... If, if it were any two other characters, I wouldn't find the arcs that they go unbelievable in this movie at all. because It'd be very forced. Like, how could you go through so many ebbs and flows in such a short amount of time? But they've picked two characters in this movie, Alia Shawkat's character and um, Leia Costa, uh, your Victoria girl, um, yeah. that are like... The Whatever they represent, you kind of believe that they would interact this way. Like, you believe that there is a kind of force of chaos in the way they would mm-hmm. approach each other. And there's a lot of... A- anxiety plays a big role here, too. It's kind of about the way that you want to open yourself to someone. But then the moment you try to, it's almost like magnets are forcing you apart again. And you don't know why you're destroying this. You just are. <laughs> because you feel like you have to. Um I, There are interesting things that this movie wrestles with. And... Despite the fact that this movie doesn't do much of anything at all. If you watch this movie and think it's like a pretentious piece of shit, I'm not going to argue with you, right? Like, (laughs) This movie is not offering major insight into relationships, I don't think. I don't think it's saying a whole lot. This is a movie that is an experiment in... Let's very quickly film this thing where two characters are interacting but rather than just having a conversation they're also being physically intimated like let's up the stakes a little bit and see what happens and i liked i liked watching it even though i i don't think it is particularly well anything like i don't know how to praise it it's like nights and weekends or the old swanberg things like uh what was the movie uncle
0: uh yeah i know what you're talking
1: about yeah um yeah uncle kent Yeah, Uncle Kent. Yeah, so it it was like uh, Uncle Kent we saw in a theater. Yeah. Uncle Kent is a very early Joe Swanberg movie that almost nothing happens, and it's very roughly made, and the dialogue is very obviously being improvised, but it touches on little hints about the way people of a certain age interact with each other that was very unique, and it did it in a way that I don't think any other kind of movie would have done. And they... This has that same thing for me, where it's very rough. I can't adequately tell people they should rush out to see it. Uh, The third person we saw it with, Joanna, my girlfriend, she was not a fan of this movie at all. (laughs) Don't blame her one bit. This movie is a movie where nothing happens, and for the most part, it's just people messing around. Um, But I thought it, it landed on some heart, and I think my tolerance for the mumble is is very high. So <laughs> I, I was happy I watched this movie. I was happy I forced Chris against his will to see this. It wasn't against my will. I, 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 It was... You were resisting the allures of the duck butter. The...
0: I was resisting the idea of booking it. Once it was booked, I was like, well, yeah, I'm not going to not see duck butter. Mm-hmm. Um, But so, so for me, I, I think my main concern with the film is how do we even get to this fucking premise? Because it just seemed like such a silly premise. Like... Oh, these two girls are just gonna have sex every hour for twenty four hours. Like, what possible reason could they have for this? And I think by the time we got to that moment, I was like, this film nailed this fucking premise and and the context for why this arrangement would be arrived at and the l- reluctance to actually truly do it because you can't just like give up the rest of your life. There, there is the way they they dip their toes into it, came up with it. the way it's proposed. The way it's eventually arrived at doing and then the way the progression starts, I thought was handled in such a perfect way and completely justified the premise. Like, the way the premise is written on paper when we booked our tickets, I rejected the premise outright. And then I was like, I am so wrong and so glad that I I didn't write this film off and that we're actually watching this because I get why these characters are doing it. And then the film starts... I think this is a fantastic movie. Ooh. Like, I really, really love this movie. Um, as, as you've sort of already stated, this is a film where it's like, what if we condensed the entire history of a couple into one 24-hour period, and it doesn't matter how long that couple would have, could have lasted, what if all of the tropes of the entire existence fall into that? And, and it's, it's, I, you, you said if you think this is a pretentious piece of shit, you're probably Right. I think like this film is a meta film about relationships. It, mm-hmm. it I mean, it, not only is it a meta film about relationships, it is about it. Like, shows people who make these type of films making this, making a film that this could have been about. Like, right. the, it's it, it's just too. It's sort of up its own ass. Yeah, but for
1: sure, the Duplass brothers' stuff is like the movie referencing its own genre, basically.
0: Yeah, yeah, like one hundred percent. And I think that like it set the tone to be really interesting, and like the premise. I, I just assumed this film was gonna be like two girls get home from having horrible dates and go like, what if we just fucked each other for 24 hours? Yeah, like that's an awful movie. Like, <laughs> no, that, that's kind of what I expected. like the way the description was written is like I just because the description is literally like uh, two women who are disgruntled over past relationships decide to come up with a premise let's have sex every like, that, that's like the, the description. So I thought it was gonna be like, oh, my night was so horrible. Why do people suck? Uh and then yeah i think people suck too ah uh, what if we just stayed inside and didn't go out into the world and just had lots of sex isn't that great and that would have been a bad movie but i think what we get is a really really compelling uh it's it's we see these characters meet we see them have a fantastic night and like anybody who has had like that really great first date experience or the first like really go there date night and you're like I really don't want this to end, right? Like you stay up all night and now it's like the sun's coming up the next day. You're like, shit, I really need to leave and go. But you're like, what if we didn't have to end this? Mm -hmm. What if this day never ended and we just continued it on? But what if we experienced everything we would have experienced had we all gone home last night and then started again the next day? And just like it's the way it takes the entire history of two people and crams it into such a finite period of time, and does it in like a a weird like uh, biblical creation of the world thing, yeah. where it's like it's like it's not really seven days; it's just like that's it's these pieces of chunks. Truly, of, this
1: is the mother of rom coms. <laughs> no,
0: it is the mother of rom coms. Except for I hated Mother, and I love this movie. Like it. Um, Partially, it's my reaction to characters in the film, like the 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 way they are, like the personalities of these characters. Uh, Yeah. So, so what I
1: alluded to is the character of Sergio in particular. She is the she's the wild card in the relationship. She's the firebrand. She's the one who comes up with the uh, this idea. She's a free spirited person who makes art and makes music and just has these wild ideas and seems to believe go with whatever you want, you know, go with your feelings, go with your gut. And she has this gut idea of let's try this experiment. And and the moment she settles on this, I fully believe that she would insist upon it. And like this would just get in her head and this would be what she wants to do now. And she sells it like she sells this premise and all of the like ebbs and flows of it because her character is the sort of character for whom you believe that that could be considered a manic pixie dream girl of sorts. I think she's different from that. I do think she's filling the Julie Delpy role here too, where it's the, uh, you know, the the woman uh, with an accent who <laughs> is more idealistic about love and romance, and seems to be a little more disillusioned with how things had been in the past, and wants to just force the other person out of their shell. Right. Yeah. And Alia Shawkat is the Ethan Hawke here, who is looking for love and wants to be open to it but finds herself closing to it when things get out of hand or veer a little bit too extremely.
0: But she's also, like... I mean, she's... Ob- obviously, that is the character I identified the most, with the one that's like, well, this premise sounds super awesome and I want to do this, but, like, I also have a life and a job. My dream job just came up yesterday. I need to go back and do this. Life is preventing me from making these choices that I would love to jump into. Like, so it, it's... there's There's a lot of things about people at different states of life and different mindsets coming together for a communal purpose and just interacting in a way that was really interesting. And it's like, this is like, what what if 500 Days of Summer happened one night, <laughs> right? Yeah. What if it was 24 hours of summer? And I, I think that this film executes the, on that in a really, really interesting way. And I just, I was captivated the whole time uh, when I realized what was happening. It just took a thing, like... If this film wasn't a metaphor for the entire existence of a relationship crammed into this period of time, I still would have loved this film. Mm-hmm. It's just it gets this weird meta thing that, that makes, it makes it go from being a film that I emotionally love to a film I cognitively like – Like it just it, it tickles all of the parts of me that I want tickled.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> sounds like this film would be a good partner to spend one hour for 24 <laughs> hours – <laughs> you know tickling each other um so yeah i I guess so i I liked it too, for those reasons you mentioned. I don't think it's a tidy film at all, and I think this concept of compressing a whole history of a relationship into twenty four hours is definitely what the movie's going for it it hits that like it works there, but from scene to scene, plenty of things don't. I don't want to say they don't work. There's a few eye roll moments where characters make such one eighty degree pivots in how they're feeling in the course of like thirty seconds, and and it's like a performance art piece, right? Like you you don't need to fully believe them to enjoy the ride that they're going on. But the, there is something a little bit, um, but but I think over I think, the over the top in the the situation as is designed in the movie. But
0: I think with with the time compression, I think that allows for that. Like there's you can definitely have moments in a relationship where like. A seemingly non-confrontal moment can suddenly become like the thing that ruins an entire day, and it mm. takes like a day and a half to recover from that moment. You're
1: lighthouse. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe his set will have aired by the time this comes. Yeah,
0: out. I, I don't know if that joke will be public by yeah, then. Okay. But that that was a great bit. Um, but anyways, Stephen digresses my entire, derails my entire uh, mindset in this. I I just. I love what this film tried to do. And it could also be that, like, my expectation versus the joy of what I got is so drastic. (laughs) It was so vast and drastic (laughs) that, like, it just, this film, uh, like, I just was like, boom, this movie ended. I was like, boom, five stars in this app. Like, take all my money.
1: (laughs) I'm glad. I mean, I did not expect... You to like duck butter, actually, like even when the movie ended i I think I told Joanna, you know, I kind of like that, but I bet Chris hated it, <laughs> but I, I think I gave a caveat for like unless he like believes the carry of Sergio the character of Sergio, and then maybe this is his favorite movie of the year <laughs> um yeah I, did, I I liked some Easter eggs in this movie too, like uh in addition to alia Shawcat, then Mae Whitman shows up here as her best friend, which is a good Who? little uh. <laughs> Good little Arrested Development uh, reunion, uh, and the director Miguel Arteta. One of the movies he made before this was Youth in Revolt with Michael Cera, so he's kind of got like the whole the the holy triumvirate of young people in Arrested Development. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah it, I I'm curious how this movie got made because it, it's almost surprising to me that it was made by like a fairly established, accomplished director because this feels like the kind of movie that. A person who is going rogue would make right yeah, like yeah. A, or i'm sure there are more people than early swanberg but to me he's the epitome of the guy who just like brings his friends over for a weekend and says here are the bullet points let's make a movie and does it like one aspect of the filming of this movie is the that 24 hour period of them getting to know each other was filmed over 24 hours and i think that chronologically, and I think that comes through in the movie in the, like, growing fatigue and tiredness and the way that they seem to warm up to each other a little bit more as the movie goes on yeah. and then seem to be getting annoyed by each other. It, it's hard to know how much of that is acting and how much of that is the reality <laughs> of the production schedule of being stuck with this person for so yeah. long. Um, but it, it's an interesting piece. I almost... I... I It's a movie, but I almost want to call it, like, performance art or something else. This is, like, the sort of visual art thing that you might find in a museum Mm -hmm. that's, like, this is two people that decided to portray a relationship over a single night. Um, And it's playing with form a lot there, and it feels very free and loose and open. Um, I do think the – I think the anxiety aspect of it is interesting, too. Like, the character – so for me, the character of Leia—sorry, Leia's the actress. Uh, the character of Sergio is yeah. The it's a believable character, but it, it's not a relatable one to me, right? If she's the catalyst for things, and I'm not the catalyst for things.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. like, yeah. It, it's. I, I think it doesn't matter that she's not relatable because in my watching, I would be the other character, right? So it, exactly. it, it's 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 I I can I can relate to her appeal. Mm-hmm. Um, so she draws me into wanting part to participate um, from the other character standpoint. So it's like I believe her reaction to Sergio because of who Sergio is.
1: Right. And and so I was going to say I think Alia Shock hat nails the complexity of her character, which is a person who, like you said, tepidly wants this thing. And you can see her opening up uh, over the course of twenty four hours. But then you see these moments that at first, seem like they come out of nowhere, where she's suddenly sad or needs to be alone, and a thing that was inconsequential or no big deal kind of spirals into a f- like full fledged panic attack. Yeah. And I actually think, b- mostly by analogy, but even literally, that's like a pretty good depiction of a certain like feeling of not being able to fully open yourself to someone else. Yeah. And I think that fits as a metaphor for relationships where. The stakes get higher. Like, the first panic attack moment happens right after she has met the parent, you know, yeah. in, in this kind of mother-style analogy of a full relationship. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. There, there's something about it where I thought it was – it was examining a really interesting thing where I think Mumblecore typically seems to be examining how people relate to each other and fall in love and treat sex as, like, a just a tool of them getting to know each other. This movie – isn't about the physicality even though that's what the name suggests i think it's about the the mental and emotional weight of being totally seen by another person yeah and over the course of this movie we watch the like the high of being seen and the joy of getting to know someone and the joy of having you know nothing between you at all and then we watch the negatives of what we watch the the falls where like you really want to be alone all of a sudden and like why won't this person just shut up for two minutes and yeah yeah yeah, I, th- I think it nails all that really well.
0: Cool. Uh, should we get to verdicts? Sure. All right, Steve Miller, if you're going to give us a must-see, recommend with a caveat, wait for rental, pass the caveat, or must avoid, what would you give it?
1: I'm giving it recommend with a caveat. The, the caveat being, you might hate this. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and I'm, uh, before anyone gets mad at me for not going with my gut, my personal one wouldn't be a must-see anyway. I think this is a movie that is doing interesting things. I enjoyed it. I think it stands out in a festival crowd because it is so unique and takes risks that traditional narratives wouldn't taste, take. Um, but I do also think it is fairly limited. I don't think it would hold up to a rewatch necessarily. I think this is an experience that you should have once and then think about. I don't know that it's crafted in a way that would like actually give you anything to chew on the more you dive in. It might be better to keep it at the more superficial level. Yeah.
0: Um. I... I, I love this film. Um, this is one of the ones that I was really sad that we didn't get, like, an hour Q&A afterwards just to be able to talk and dive in with the filmmakers about um, what the film meant to them and, like, just would have been super awesome. Didn't get that. Still very glad I saw this film. If we would have if skipped this and then I heard about it later and then, like, caught it a year from now, I would have been very, very sad <laughs> that we didn't get to see it at the thing. Um I think that uh, if I'm going to give the Carson required rating, it probably must see for me. Right. Um, uh, if I'm doing the Chris is scared to say things to recommend a thing that somebody might hate thing, it would have to be recommended with a caveat. Uh, but I'll just give it must see for me because I liked it that much. Cool. So. Sweet. Uh, well, that is going to do it for this review of Duck Butter. Um, Stephen Miller, if people want to find you throughout the week, where can they do that?
1: You can go to twitter.com slash miller or com.
0: People can find me at ChristopherInRealLife.com or Twitter.com slash ChristopherIRL. You can find the podcast over at TheSpoilerWarning.com where you can get a bunch of the back episodes of the show. Um, If you want to subscribe to the show, you can do so in Overcast, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, or wherever podcasts are found. If you want to know when the episodes go live, you can follow us at Twitter.com slash SpoilerWarning or like us at Facebook.com slash TheSpoilerWarning. If you want to get a hold of us directly, you can send an email to fans at com, or you can use the contact form on our site. Music for this episode, Stephen, is going to come from where?
1: Uh, Colleen uh, is the musician who did a lot of the soundtrack of this movie.
0: Cool. So that is playing right now. Hopefully you are enjoying that. Um, Yeah, we have one more review to do.
1: We're almost there. So we're going to take off and do that. 23 hours down, (laughs) one to go.
0: Tribeca will be finally over. And we'll be back to regular theatrical releases, so you'll be able to get that Infinity War review that you've been waiting for. Alright, bye. (laughs)